0: chapter twenty five of in search of mademoiselle by george gibbs recorded by tony oliva this librivox recording is in the public domain the death of the wolf the gourgues gave the word casenov with thirty men pushed forward to the fort gate while the main body of us under de gourgues ran at full speed for the glacis we were not discovered until we were well up the slope when a cannoneer who had come upon the rampart sent up a startled cry to arms to arms the french are coming the french are coming the spaniards had just finished their morning meal and came rushing up fastening on their steel pieces the gunner who had given the alarm hastily aiming his cannon at us fired wildly and the ball went crashing into the thicket he had time even to load and fire again before olotoraca who had outstripped the others ran up the glassy he leaped the unfinished ditch and drove his pike through the spaniard from breast to back pinning him to the gun carriage some of the frenchmen were by his side in a moment and jumping down into the fort they cut their way into the thick of the superior numbers who fell back before the fierce onslaught after me shouted casenov from the gate they fly this way at their throats may Garcon cut them down de the gourgues turned the rest of his men in that direction the Spaniards were caught between two fires, and all of those who had escaped from the fort were imprisoned between our party and that of Casanova. The Indians too came thrusting upon their flanks. Many of them fought desperately, but their efforts were futile against the whirlwind of passion of the Frenchmen who beat them to the earth like chaff. All except a few were killed upon the spot those who were spared were saved by the avenger for a more inglorious and during all this time we had been aware that the spaniards in the fort upon the other shore had taken alarm and were firing upon us without ceasing but when the first victory had been won de gourgues turned four of the captured cannon against them and to such good purpose that one of the spanish guns ceased firing at once the men running below in dismay then one of the boats a very large barge which by this time had arrived along shore was brought to the landing place and eighty of us were crowded into it the river here is about a quarter of a league in width but the indians rushed into the water after us and holding their bows and arrows above their heads swam across straight as water rats their dark faces fierce and scarlet streaked seemed to darken the whole surface of the water and inspired a great fear in the spanish garrison Whichever way the Spanish looked, there was certitude of a horrible death before them. And so, seized by a sudden panic, they fled, terrified, into the woods. But by this time, we had landed below them and blocked their path with the arquebuses, sending charge after charge into their ranks and cutting them down without mercy they recoiled again in dismay but the indians had crawled dripping upon the beach and were upon them with savage shouts beating them down before we could come within sword thrust it was with difficulty that de gourgues could save the lives of a few and indeed he had no notion of Sparing them altogether, he only saved them, as he had saved the others for another death. I did not know the Gourgues in the character of Bloodletter. He had lost that cheeriness and buoyancy that had drawn me so closely to him. Upon his face, he wore a look of satisfaction that was a horror to see for vengeance done a man with any shred of compassion in him must now and then give vent to some expression to show that his devil craves a compromise with his god but not so de gourgues he looked at the blood about him without pity or compunction and cast upon those who had been taken so sour a look that some of them drew shuddering to the length of their bonds away from him even i accustomed as i had become to the horrors of carnage turned away in disgust for the sights i saw among the indians were too savage for description and the french were little better job goddard was everywhere in the thickest of the fighting and though he had little pity for the spaniards he like myself shrank from cutting down disarmed men once i saw a fellow whom he had spared rise upon an elbow and with his last remnant of strength send his poniard flying at my englishman it hit job fairly in the upper arm and stuck there quivering. Goddard nonchalantly plucked it out and put it in his belt, saying, A good line shot, me friend, but most indifferent elevation. When ye wish to strike home, aim high, me garlic eater, aim high. And tis no cursed bad advice for a man about stepping across the threshold of eternity. As for me, all this slaughter turned my stomach and i set apart for i had come out for no such business as this i wanted the butchery speedily over and the attack on san mateo made immediately should we be successful there i knew that other such scenes would be witnessed for de gourgues had vowed there would be no shadow of difference between the massacres of fort caroline and fort san mateo but in spite of repugnance at what would follow i hoped and prayed that we might be victorious for i felt again the same old passion to be at the throat of de baan i made my vow that he should die only through a fair test of skill or strength with me how i might save him from those red hell-hounds our allies i did not know but if i could compass it i intended to meet him upon even terms my practice in pompey's salle d'armes should have made my sword play good enough to cross blades with him i scarce know why this haunting desire to fight de baan should have filled me so relentlessly through all these months and now since mademoiselle had not fallen into his hands I, not he had won the game and the ancient grudge was fitter upon his side of the balance than upon mine but de gourgues had deferred the attack upon san mateo until his preparations could be carefully finished all the next day we spent in making ladders to scale the walls sending orders through satouriona and olotoraca to the indians giving them their stations in the forest and arranging that no movement should be made until a signal was given so closely had satouriona and takatakuru watched the fort that though making no attack and keeping well into the shadows of the forest they had succeeded in confining all the spaniards within their own lines those gentry heard the savage cries resounding through the woods until their echoes faded away in the distance there was a desperate work before them and they knew that the sounds of the war cries and the barking of the french arquebuses down the river meant a harder fight than they had ever had before they judged from the sound of the shots that the french numbered several thousand all of this we learned from a spanish soldier who ventured out feathered and painted like an indian he came within the lines of our outpost but the lynx eyed olotoraca walking with de gourgues spied through his disguise and the man was seized before he could get away from him the avenger learned that in fort san mateo were two hundred and sixty spaniards under don diego de Basan this confirmed the report we had heard de Bassan was still there i feared at this last moment of my quest that some unhappy accident might have sent him on an errand to san augustin on the evening of the second day after the first assault de gourgues well pleased and confident that his plans were carefully laid gave orders that the indians should close in upon the fort with all possible secrecy and lie in wait under the shadows of the trees and bushes of the hills and river bank before the day had broken we were in marching order and after a hearty meal went up the stream in glittering ranks joyful but steady and assured of victory de gourgues made no concealment of our movements and when we came in view of the fort we saw the battlements shining with men in armor and knew that de baan was prepared to receive us presently when within range of their ordnance they opened fire with their culverins from a projecting bastion de gourgues broke our column and scattered us through the woods where the fire had little effect for here the forest was very thick and overgrown and afforded a most excellent cover we marched to the left passing through our indian allies who lay like snakes among the undergrowth we came at last to the top of a small hill from which we had a good view of the whole extent of the defenses of fort san mateo it was plain to be seen that these had been greatly improved since its capture from Laudonniere. De Bassan, apparently, had by this time lost all trace of our whereabouts, thinking we had defiled by the river bank. In a moment he sent a strong party of Spaniards to reconnoitre. They came from their works, crossing the ditch, and all unconscious made straight for the clump of woods in which we lay ensconced de gourgues noting the advantage of his position quickly detached casenov with a party to station himself at a point well hidden by trees where he could soon take them in the flank the spaniards unaware that they were exposing themselves to this enfilading fire with a strange insistence which seemed not unlike infatuation continued steadily to advance now it was that the discipline of the arquebusiers of de gourgues showed to greatest advantage he had cautioned them under pain of dire punishment not to fire before the word of command in their ardor they strained forward eagerly leaning upon their rests their eyes glancing down their weapons their fingers toying lovingly with their match cords but not until the spaniards had come so near that we could plainly make out their features did the avenger give the order to fire then a deadly blaze flashed in their faces almost close enough to burn them the shock was terrific and before its echoes had rumbled up the river we were upon them through the smoke slashing and piercing right and left those who stood their ground driving those who ran in dire confusion back toward the fort but here casanova awaited them and poured in a scorching fire at easy range which still further cut them down none escaped the pikemen of Kazanov charged over them again and again like demons and those few who were left threw down their weapons and fell upon their knees extending their arms and begging for mercy the fight was speedily over with no loss to us when we had mounted the hill again it was easy to see that consternation reigned in the fort soldiers ran here and there upon the battlements shouting in confusion while men women and children uttering piercing screams rushed to the gate battering upon it with their bare fists trying to force their way out that they might escape to the forest the trumpet of dariol sounding the charge rang out clear above the din never before it seemed to me had a battle blast been sent up so loud and exultant it was the signal of de gourgues through thicket and scrub down the hill for the fort we ran a very human monsoon shouting like madmen every stump and tree to the right and left of us seemed to turn by some magic into a painted savage and the air was filled with their wild screams Olotoraca and i reached the gate at the same moment followed closely by the more speedy of the rest by this time the women and children were running through the postern screaming to the forest their fate i like not to think of we were after more sturdy game most of the soldiers had fled even before the women but we saw forty or fifty spanish aquebusiers formed in the square by the corps de garde for a last resistance i knew i should find the Bassan there nor was i mistaken i saw him at the same moment that he caught sight of me and we ran forward upon each other with the same full-hearted hatred that had ever envenomed us the world was too small a place for both it seemed as though the affair were to be ended one way or the other then and there but as luck would have it olotoraca being more swift of foot reached him first and began thrusting with his pike de baan was thus put upon his guard against the indian and had all that he could do to parry his furious onslaught Twice his guard lay open, and I might have thrust him clear through the body, but I could not bring myself to take such advantage. A nimble fellow rushed at me, and all but caught me off my guard, giving me trouble for some minutes. He was a most excellent swordsman, and fought with desperation. But he tired easily, and while I played upon the defensive, I watched de basan and Olotoraca out of the tail of my eye. By this time the sword of the Spaniard was hissing backward and forward like the tongue of a serpent along the pike of Olotoraca. The Indian had not the skill of a seasoned pikeman, and only made up for his lack of knowledge of the art by his great suppleness and agility suddenly i saw him lunge too far i beat the blade of my fellow down and let him go his way while i made for de Bassan. the spaniard seized the pike handle just behind the head and pulled the young brave forward thrusting at the same time i made a leap hoping to parry the thrust of the spaniard and partly succeeded but the sword point passed through the body of the paracousi so that he fell back upon the ground men were fighting all around us but by some chance we were quite alone in the shadow of the corps de garde. you might have killed me he panted glancing this way and that why did you not we are quits then but it is not too late seor de bassan on guard still looking furtively around he made no motion to raise his bloody point from the ground but kept edging away quick sir on guard i cried or i will run you through he made a sudden leap backward and vanished quickly around the corner of the building passing several frenchmen and in the confusion reached the battlements before i could stop him and with a laugh sprang out into space without so much as looking i leaped after him into the mud and water of the river bank i landed fair up to my knees and fell over in the water for a moment i thought my legs had been driven into my body but managed to get to my feet in time to see my enemy rushing for the thicket in a second i was after him and plunged through the bushes guided by the gleam of his morion around us were shouts of french and indians and once we passed a half-score red men who were dancing around a poor wretch tied to a tree they saw us go by and let fly a shower of arrows at both thinking that i too was an escaping spaniard but they did not follow us they were enjoying too horrid a pleasure to leave we ran thus for some distance when reaching a level space of ground de bassin stopped suddenly awaiting my coming he leaned with both hands upon his blade breathing heavily his face was purple from exertion and the sweat poured from his forehead down his cheeks and into his beard, I was hard put myself for breath and came forward cautiously again, Senor Pirato, he sneered with a kind of a laugh, for the last time, Senor Spaniard, I said, approaching for the last time. Ah, then you do grant I am the better skilled at swordplay. Let us settle the matter at once, said I bringing my point into line one moment he said craftily when i kill you what will become of mademoiselle i saw his object he sought to unsteady my nerves but i only laughed at him mademoiselle is in the hands of her friends Señor. come now enough you have your wind fall to or i will run you through i threw off my morion to keep my brow cool and while in the very act of tossing it aside he leaped for me engaging with such incomparable swiftness that i broke ground and gave back ten, twenty paces under his fierce assault i held my own with great trouble but he saw no sign of it upon my face and it is my pride that i ever looked coldly in his eyes fearless and confident once he grazed my arm and with flashing eyes sprang forward to follow his advantage but i met him with so shrewd a guard and thrust that he drew back looking at me in surprise we heard indistinctly the cries of the soldiers and the indians at the fort and now and then a wild yell would start the echoes in the forest near us but we fought on our eyes looking into each other's glittering and more piercing even than the swords we wielded shouting was now most plainly to be heard in the direction from which we had come i heard job Cotter's whistle and a cheery cry keep him at work sir we are with you in a minute diego's eyes looked over my shoulder unless you hurry don diego i said coolly bantering him there will be little time for this exhibition of sword-play you have promised me i knew could i get him angry that i might have the better advantage bah he cried furious coward you cannot fight your battles for yourself i am holding my own i smiled i know not just why it was but strive as he might he could get no advantage i have no memory of ever having used my sword so well quick as he was my hand was even quicker and my eye seemed by the look of his own to divine his thrust before he made it the sounds of the voices grew louder and louder each moment and seemed to be near the edge of the wood the look in the eyes of de baan became uncertain he had tried upon me every feint and thrust he knew and there i still stood before him smiling and confident it was not fear that he felt for i believe the man feared nothing on earth or above it or below it was an expression rather of wonder and curiosity as if at the last he saw in me the image of vengeance come to bring him in spite of his prowess the retribution he so amply deserved twice he had had me in his power my death hanging by a web so fine that he could have blasted it by the breath from his lips and still i lived all of this i saw in his look i smiled at him again and that infuriated him the more scorning all thought of defense he crouched his head and came for me desperately his feints and thrusts were quicker than thought itself and my eye bewildered could no longer follow the motions he caught the point of my blade near the hilt of his own and with a quick backstroke of the wrist sent it flying down the handle almost out of my fingers i clutched it again bringing it up to the guard but he had sprung in and thrust me through the thigh at this moment there was an outcry upon our left and de Brisac, with some of my seamen came running forward good-bye sir pirato laughed de i have no time to finish this and turning he made for the opposite side of the clearing i shouted at the top of my lungs and made a leap after him but fell prone to the earth he made for a hole in the thicket and i thought must surely go free but while i looked a number of dusky figures sprang up all around him and i saw them leap upon him like hounds upon a stag he threw his arms out wildly and one of the savages who bounded into the air was skewered upon his sword while another fell away from him into the bushes as though he had been tossed by an ox the spaniard was making a wonderful fight but the indians infuriated by the fall of olotoraca went rushing fiercely forward crying that he should not escape one of them pinioned his left arm to his body and hung with a death-like clutch around his legs before satouriona reached them another more successful than the others sprang upon the back of de and brushing off his morion struck again and again upon the bare head with his hatchet when the hollow dullness of the strokes fell upon my ear i knew that the end had come he swayed back and forth a moment striving to keep his feet unwilling to relinquish his hold upon life fighting even when death had come then with a groan like that of some hunted animal turned half around and sank to the ground dead where he had stood when he had fallen the savages fell upon the prostrate body like wolves, tearing at the clothing, and would have beaten him with their war-clubs as he lay, had not de Bresac and Satouriona come up. I cried out to them that it was the commandante of the fort whom they had killed. De Bresac was among them, striking with the flat of his sword and crying, Stop, you dogs! Away with you! Stop, I say! He stood over the body with his drawn sword while they glowered at him, and would have struck him down had not Saturiona come between. At last the Paracuzzi, with a few words, sent them away, their gruesome fancies ungratified. It was a dog's death, for so valiant a man, pulled down like some wild beast of the forest. When I had been carried to where the body lay, de brsac and i vowed that he should have a decent burial i hated him and hate him now but it was a passion made great by the intensity of it and i could not bear that the majesty of his prowess should be damned by any ignominy at his death de Brésac, fearing to bury him in the knowledge of the indians gave orders to the seamen that he should be taken to fort san mateo when i had bound up my leg thither we presently repaired i leaning upon the arms of job goddard and brezac End of chapter twenty five